Insert your own theme tune here. It's the Citizens of Nowhere podcast. Gary Marks and Nick D. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're, discussing you're things. No, you're, you're on the podcast now. That's, that's intended for, from the just... perspective of someone who doesn't necessarily belong to any clan. Sometimes a guest, but not always. Occasionally they do them just between the two of them, but other times they don't. Why have we never managed to do that? I don't know. Uh, Matt comes in and straight away he knows exactly how to introduce this. I've been listening to the show, so I've just been doing that. First guest this we've is... ever had who knows what the podcast is. And when we see you, you can't do this for us. He has to actually be on the podcast <laughs> yeah. for us to find out that you've actually got a tune. Unless okay. you've ever bumped into me when I've been listening to your show, which you haven't as yet. No. No, terrible well, timing. Uh, this is the first time. <laughs> In fact, who are you? <laughs> I guess I am listening to the show right now. Well, you if, if you were uh, composing your own theme tune, uh, you don't need to anymore. Cause that and I'm, we'd like to apologise if Matt just ruined your theme tune for you. <laughs> well, this is my own theme tune. Everyone else is welcome to have their own theme tune. Yeah, as well. you, you realise a lot of people listen to this just to come up with their own theme tune. <laughs> yeah. And who am I to spoil that fun? <laughs> well, uh, and who are you at all? Who are any of us? <laughs> if you're listening for the first time, you have no fucking clue what's going on. This is normally the bit where we introduce ourselves, but Matt has just done it. <laughs> Everything's gone completely belly up. Um, hello, I'm Kerry Marks. And I'm Nick Doody. Hooray! And this week we have guests, plural. We do. One of them <laughs> has already contributed a theme tune. Whereas the other is uh, watching warily. Uh, I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. Holly, where's your theme tune? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Didn't know. you come with a theme tune? I don't know if I can top Matt's. He's had a lot of practice this week, though, because he's been bouncing his baby niece around and singing to her. <laughs> they all kind of have that exact same cadence all right. in is it, tune. Is it the same song he always sings? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to every yeah child. it's the Carrie and, and, and Nick theme song, weirdly. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, the, the Citizens of Nowhere theme tune does have exactly the same melody as the <laughs> My name's Mia. I am a baby. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. We, we nearly called it that. <laughs> I didn't know your name was Mia. Yeah. Yeah. We also thought if we called it Mia, we were going to think it's about people missing in action. <laughs> um, so we have our guest, which is Matt Kirshen, if you haven't figured this out. Hello. Um, who uh, we've known for a very long time, actually, and uh, and even lived together for a while. We have, I think... Having listened to the show, I think I have the most mentions of the show of someone who isn't one of the two hosts of the show. Oh, no, because sometimes we mention a different Matt. And you there, might there's think a, there's another okay. Matt. We have uh, two Matts. Well, no, I noticed the other day when you mentioned uh, you mentioned my friend Matt, and then it was a story that I was like, that's not me. So yeah. I figured that was yeah. other Matt. Do you think we just keep lying about <laughs> you? But you have <laughs> said multiple the, the, the times, former housemate Matt. The time your brother sent that money because you were... Uh, yeah, you, yeah. And, and then I was like, I don't have a brother, so that can't be me. <laughs> just, just part of the con. <laughs> Um, and we also have Holly. Holly Gabrielson. Hello. We, we decided ahead of time we were going to refer to as an industry insider. <laughs> but it's that actually, sounds really it's like a spy, isn't it? Well, isn't we're not it? even telling you which industry. So <laughs> along, just along the, you know. You're, the an, a, you're an agent, on. aren't you? I am an agent. Yes. But we're not going to tell you what kind of agent. <laughs> <laughs> Double secret or meatpacking. <laughs> Comedy, yeah. secret comedy <laughs> agents, <laughs> double comedy, or anti-caking. <laughs> this week's episode is just introductions. <laughs> also, Matt's other half. That is the other way we are connected. Ah. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Yes, that is correct. Because when we um, when we used to say Matt, correct, there, there was a, there was only half of him. Do you remember? <laughs> it was, yes, it was weird, wasn't it? I'd only existed near walls. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's not to startle people. So people just thought he was shy or a ghost, <laughs> <laughs> or, or a trophy. Yeah. Uh, so you're no longer flat, Matt. <laughs> you're yes. now a completely rounded Matt. I am. Which is lovely. Flat Matt. Flat mate. Flat Matt. Flat. <laughs> flat Matt. So we're all one way or another involved with comedy, which um, I think is good for the discussion, which is coming up. Yes. Or is it? Let's see. <laughs> Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't be. What we thought we'd talk about this year is a, a tweet by Greg Jenner. Yeah, that's what we're talking about this year. Who is... <laughs> this is for the whole year now. Strap in 2019. <laughs> this is now the Greg Jenner's Tweets podcast. This 170-odd characters is really going to get poured over for the next year. <laughs> Greg Jenner's the creator of Horrible Histories. He is the writer on that. He's a, he's a historian, he's an author, and he's a writer. He's a sort of definitely comedy-adjacent person. Yeah. I don't know if he actively writes com... Well, Horrible Histories is comedic. Yeah. It is, and we have friends who uh, have written on it. Our friend Sarah Morgan has written on it. And uh, my... Uh, fr- my university friend and ex-comedy... Uh, sketch troupe mates Ben Wilbond was in it for a really long time oh that's right well other friends of ours have been in it as well at various times right oh yes that's right yeah, Martha Howe Douglas I don't know have you it? seen it I have I've, I've yeah. never I don't know if I've seen a full episode I've definitely seen a fair number of clips and sketches from it yeah yeah, yeah I've never seen it it's good like it's a very good like it's a how would you describe you, it? Is, it is it taking like that the most horrible side of history of, of, of any sort that happened or I mean, it's, it's, it's pretend someone books. in this room has never seen it because they are say American <laughs> uh, from a country without a history yes yes <laughs> I, uh, it's so easy although the history they have is delightful <laughs> that's right <laughs> um, no it's it, the horror it comes from a, a series of kids books first the horrible history and it's all sort of like uh the idea is it's sort of like the warts and all history. It's the yeah. It's basically like, oh, uh, are you an eleven-year-old? Would you like to hear about how, how people die and their eyes came out and their heads were put on pikes and things? Yeah, like that? if you like blood or and like death and mur- you know torture, there's, well, there's and a also, lot of it in history, isn't there? But yeah, also yeah. like it'd be hard to do nice histories. What are Roman toilets like and stuff mm. like that? And then, yeah, but then you know it's it's all silly and lighthearted and it's a very well done kids show. I know a lot of kids who really enjoy it and also managed to absorb a surprising amount of information from it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, so no, there's nowhere they go to on the planet where everyone was nice to each other and happy. No one fought. Yeah, that well, doesn't happen, does it? There's no histori- historical... It would be interesting to ask a historian, like, what was the historically most peaceful time and area in history? That were... I mean, that's, I'm sure there were pockets, area, but not right? very long. Yes. Yeah, be, yeah, for how long as well? I'm sure there's there's no... Yeah, there's no time in human history and no place in human history that is entirely free of fighting and horribleness. No, and there's also, it depends where you live, what history you learn, right? So, that, okay, we have three people here who grew up in the UK and then our version, and one person who grew up in the US, and presumably you learned a completely different version of history because the focus is totally different, right? But also yes. someone who grew up in the US... Everything in a predominantly I, white area going to Everything I know about British history I learned from the Crown. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but also that was your horrible history. Yeah, I don't want to draw attention to how recent that was made. When I first, when I first <laughs> went to America years ago, I was surprised how many people said to me, um, are, "Are the British still angry that we kicked your asses?" We never really came up in school, actually. <laughs> we do not cover that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a pr- first never mind like, that pirates. There's some business about you getting rid of our tea. <laughs> I remember yeah, coming up I, in class. I don't know how much of that is that, you know, that sort of history is written, written by the winners and so you tend to cover the wars you lose less. But also mm. how much of it is like, that's not really the history of... That's hugely fundamental to the history of America. But yes. as far as the history of Britain, the Revolutionary War and everything, it that's just a a small part of the extended history of the British Empire shrinking to its current of, situation. Of our ashes getting beaten all over the place. But also, but just, also just, that dips into all the successes as well. Yeah, so but also just gradually great. losing that sort of, you know, once once England ruled half of the globe or whatever and it gradually shrunk as those parts gained power and the, yeah. abil- and the world changed and the ability to keep control of those areas changed and the willingness to do so changed. But So it... So as far as Britain, British history is concerned, that's just a very... It really is a footnote. Well, but, compared, but whereas it's absolutely fundamental in the founding of America. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. an amazing footnote, though. There's a number of times in, in history... And I, I didn't take history as GCSE, so I, I only learned it for a few years. But there's still these things of... Da-da-da, thought the world might be bigger than anyone knew. So off in a boat, he, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, came yeah. back having proved it existed and discovered <laughs> X country. <laughs> Brackets and some people who were there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and so there's all these people who already existed who are basically just not well, mentioned. The beginning of American history is all just explorers. That's what we learn. We learn uh, about Columbus, uh, Amerigo Vespucci, Ponce de Leon, Sir Francis Drake, you know, and on and on to the Pilgrims and then the founding. But, like, it's all just people, like, showing up. It's like nothing's <laughs> happening. Right. <laughs> They're yeah. just like... Oh, and then they found Mexico, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which happens to be full. <laughs> yes. So, like, one, one quick lesson on, on all, all of history up until the Founding Fathers, and then Pretty, that's where it probably yeah, starts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, and then America! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. You would have got very white America-centric history, and we got yep. very white UK-centric history. Mm. Uh, or even Anglo, like, even English-centric history for me growing up. Like, even... Yeah, you know, well, was, which, which again, you, you said that we could have the same conversation if we just had one Scottish guest. Yes, <laughs> about what, what people grow up knowing. Yeah, yes, because even that when we were learning it, and I don't really remember learning it that much in school. I think we covered that period very closely, but definitely, it was sort of told from the point of view of the Scottish attacked us, or we mm. attacked the Scottish, rather yes. than just like. Aren't we also the Scottish? Isn't that yeah, like, there was a, there was a Scottish guy I met ages ago, and he, t- he was talking about the British Empire. And he went, um, "It was the Scot. It was it was the British. It was you British." He said, "It was it was wow. you British who invented chemical warfare." And he was talking about like, the giving out of, um, of blankets to the um, uh, to the Native Americans. Oh, not chemical. Whatever um, it's called, um, biological. Oh, sorry. Did I just say oh. chemical? Yeah. Well, obviously, no, I meant we did, biological. We did, we, that, that was a too. test. Just checking people are paying attention. Um, so I said, actually, it was a Scot that did that. And he went, yeah, but that was, he was British. <laughs> and they're like, you're Scottish. You know, oh, 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 you're not getting it. <laughs> the same guy with Wimbledon as well. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I read the Greg Jenner tweet? Yes. Because we, we, we it'd be hard about. to talk about without knowing what it is. Um, he starts with, hello. That's quite polite. I didn't notice that before. Hello. <laughs> General note of polite Twitter decorum. 
If you don't like a TV show, film, book, album, etc., please don't at the creator and tell them it's incredibly and tell them it's incredibly aggressive, hurtful, selfish, and destructive. If we want to know what people think, we will search for it ourselves. Thanks. Okay, so we got a lot of feedback on this. And, and, and what's amazing about it is so much of the feedback is repetitive. People don't read through um, threads, do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they keep repeating the same. Like when they, they've caught someone out, everyone yeah. catches the person out over and over again rather than read through the threads. They say, that has already been discussed. It's gone. Yeah, well, the, the truth is most people do end up, despite, you know, the never read the comments, never search for yourself, it's very hard not to do that. Do you read your reviews in Edinburgh? Um, yeah, I will do. I, but I, I don't search them out, actually. I... But they don't bother me. I tried the last time not to, but I you you have you you sort of at the very least catch wind of them, and it's it's really hard to not throw. Particularly something like the Edinburgh Festival when it's when your entire mindset is so wobbly and you know such a yes. high stress situation. But it's it's it takes an amazing amount of self control not to look for criticism or comments. You've got an hour of new material, and a lot of it is barely tested. Yeah. And, and you, you feel extremely insecure about it already. And there's and, also not that much you can do by that point. Yeah, and you're also responding <laughs> to audience reactions as well as what anybody else is saying about it outside the show. Yeah. So if a piece isn't working one night, which is what our main focus is, really. That's how we tell whether something's working yeah. or not, if the audience applaud well, and so laugh. Well, you said there's not, not much you can do. I mean, there's something you can do compared to if you're, say, Greg, who's written an episode of Horrible Histories that have been acted, filmed... Yes. ...and put on tele... edited broadcast there's just there's nothing at all that he can do about it's amazing how much it affects you even when you then look at if this is a, a tweet even when you then look at that person's profile and and becomes very aware from their other comments and even from the original comment at you they go what do you don't if, if you said that to a friend of mine and i had the third part i had the the outsider perspective and that little bit of distance i would instantly go no this person doesn't understand the art for you don't know what you're talking yeah. talking about it's not your criticism is wrong even if i even if all of that is true it still gets to you a bit and you're like you're still like Fuck that guy like it really does get to you of course it does I mean, most of us are quite fragile in this business yes <laughs> but the one that really gets me is when people do the at thing where they're not even talking directly to you so they don't say um yes at, you know at matt kershon i thought this was your show last night but they go i saw at matt kershon last night and thought he was rubbish and you go yes you can go that's like, like you sidled up next to me and you're talking to the whole town yes and, and like, uh, for those people room. i guess most of the listeners probably know how twitter works but if, in case you don't if they just wrote... That's a I very s- good point. We don't do that ever. <laughs> we just assume people know what we're talking about. If, if they wrote, if they tweeted like, I saw Matt Kirshen last night, I could find it if I searched for my name, which I occasionally do, uh, but it wouldn't automatically notify me. But if you include that at handle, yeah. you get it in your mentions and it automatically notifies you, like, this person has mentioned you and it yeah. pops up on a, on a thread of mentions. It's like including you in a reply all on, yes. a, on, a, on email. You just... Yes, it's like sort of seeing you on an email. Well, it, yeah. com- it comes it, up in your feed, doesn't it? When yeah, you're just it's, looking it's through brought, the latest tweets, it'll be there. It's deliberately brought to your attention. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing he's asking people not to do. Yeah, because I, I think that does come down to that thing that... That's behaviour... I was going to say that's behaviour that people are more willing to do online than they are in real life. But yeah, people yeah, do still so. do that in real life. We know from having done... But it's rare. It is rare, but we do know from having done hundreds thousands of stand-up gigs over the years that you you will have people will sometimes come up to you after a show and 
say like weirdly critical things to you in an incredibly rude way, like straight to your face, like oh yeah. I didn't enjoy what you did tonight, or some, or oh, you didn't get them tonight, or something like that. And even and mm. sometimes you had a bad gig, and you're like it's still you're like fuck you for even saying that. And I know. And other times you go. No, I ro- I had a good gig yeah. tonight, and most people enjoyed that. And you are, you had a weird one. I remember you Nick- are just wrong. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I say you are just wrong. I think it was you, Nick, Everyone telling me disagreed. a couple of years ago where someone, someone made a point of saying that to you after you had a good gig, and like and tried to drag someone else in, and were like, did, did he, he wasn't funny, right? He wasn't yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then it was after watching that, well, it was a, it was a very difficult gig that turned round while I was on. So I, I sort of had a very very hard gig that eventually went well. Which, and by the way, is, some, is something that an audience wouldn't necessarily... You in your head goes, I did a really good job there. An audience member... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if in your head you took it from like a sort of 3 out of 10 gig to a 6 out of 10 gig, you go like, I really did well there. But in some people's head, that's still, oh, he just did like a sort of 6 out of 10. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. From not a yeah. gig to a decent gig. Right. Like and a, a woman, some middle-aged Australian woman, came to me. I just wanted you to know I didn't really enjoy anything you did. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing... you to know. We weren't getting, <laughs> you weren't, you weren't getting any kind of belly laughs and nothing, you know... Whatever, she picked a subject, like skiing. What's funny about that? <laughs> <laughs> just something like that. <laughs> Maybe she wasn't Australian. That's I guess weird. She, was ex- Some... she was expecting a comment box, and since you didn't leave one... Uh, <laughs> she, yeah. But, then, but then, yeah, there were, there were a couple in the front behind her, and... Um, they sort of uh, they had they had just been telling me how much they liked it, <laughs> and uh, this one, and then she tried to get them in. I mean, wasn't it terrible? <laughs> and they went, oh, "Well, we quite enjoyed it." Some she, people, went, oh well, I, I suppose you got to hear all sides and walked off really annoyed. <laughs> no, not all sides. You, no. you don't represent all sides. But I just kind of feel like okay, at least she's done that now. Better now in front of two people who think she's weird than online where yes. no one can tell the difference. It's, it's it like is. a lot of people don't really understand subjectivity, don't they? They really think that what they think is what everybody else must think. A little mm-hmm. while ago, a woman told yeah. me, uh, she heard I was dating, because I mentioned it on stage, she said to me afterwards, when, when you go on dates, she said, you should grow a beard. Why is it? Women like beards. <laughs> Do you not know you're only talking for women who like beards? <laughs> yeah. Women who like beards like beards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's brilliant. I didn't say to women, do you like beers? And she went, yes. <laughs> a great thing I, th- I thought sometimes when someone sends a really offended comment and they want you to know, so I thought well, you did horrendous, and I, you know, uh, there could be children in the room, that sort of thing, that they've been in a room where almost everybody else was really loving it. Yeah. And what must they think of the universe where yeah. this appalling thing makes everybody else upset them laugh? Yes. But that does make you uncharacteristically. There is something that makes you so uncommonly angry when you don't like a bit of comedy. It's <laughs> it's weird how disproportionate to the affront it is. Mm. It is, isn't it? People actually get angry. They actually they, they hate an entertainer who they, yeah. they don't get. And I think they sort of really their anger is with the audience, isn't it? Because mm. the audience are getting something. You feel like feel... everyone else in the room is a sucker. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. how dare they fall for this? Or how if... dare they? That is that how dare they? <laughs> yeah. 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 Who do they yeah. think they are? <laughs> Or sometimes if it happens with the whole audience, you know, if you have a bad gig or whatever, they they get very angry at you. And in that case, it is still like, it's more like, how dare he think he's funny? Yes. How dare he try and be funny at us? Sure, there's a lot of subtlety here because, like, if I if I'm using a word wrongly on stage and someone corrects me, then I, I like I'd rather know than keep yeah. using that word incorrectly, right? But at the same time, uh, 
like someone could tweet me. Do would you tweet someone? Would you tweet someone to say they used the word wrongly? Because you're only telling everybody. It it is weirdly there is some there is I I think also just the not face to face does sort of normally diffuse things and I wonder how much of that is you know once you have to sort of look at someone in the eye and you see their humanity I know having weird having just followed that story where that woman was quite yeah but there's a reason not, it's a story not, yes and it's not much of a story but I remember it but it is surprising yeah. whereas yeah. you don't remember it like never someone, happens <laughs> it it is odd I I, I want it could yeah. be the same reason that. It's much e- road rage is much more common than street rage because once when you're behind the car and you don't really see the person, you just see the vehicle. Yes. Mm. You think, don't look them in the eye. I think it's also people. that that social media completely doc, uh, democratizes the process of being able to critique something. It used to be there were actual critics, which there still are. Right. But now anyone can directly. Communicate yeah. their thoughts uh, to that person completely unfiltered and without any sort yeah. of yeah. I think it's social anal- media like, and also and also national media. You know, there's the, the rise of sort of competition shows and voting and all that sort of. In I think in general there is a far greater idea that your opinion counts and your opinion is equally valid. It's pretty only since the beginning. You of get to choose what you yeah. like, and and also just the fact that there's so much more choice in general. You know, TV in Britain yes, when I was so a kid are... had a, had like f- four channels. Uh, but that's all because it's given them more they... power of choice. Yes. But at the same time, they so they don't actually need they actually need to interfere even less because yes. they can vote by just by choosing <laughs> you have, programs. You have right? so many more options for different things to see, but at the same time, you feel like far more. You you have the right. I think people now feel far more that they have the right to curate their entire life. Yep. In de- down to the smaller sense, which means that if there's any kind of infraction, like if they get anything they don't like, they then have the right to speak up about it and complain. But you know what? For some kinds of art, that's actually a good thing. Some kinds of art relies on on audience feedback and and is actually being made to measure for an audience, right? But a lot of art is an artist just doing what they want to do, mm-hmm. and people coming into their world. In which case, the interactive thing just doesn't work. Well, well comedy is yeah. very, is in many ways, live comedy, which we do, <clears throat> is very much the ultimate version of that. Like you. That's the other thing. When people sort of criticise a comic or a comedy, you go, we we get it in real time. Like, nothing criticises a comic better or more accurately than the fact that we try out a new joke or a new way of doing an old joke yeah. and it gets a laugh or it doesn't get a laugh. Mm. Like, it's very much Silence is feedback. very loud for a yes. comedian. Yeah, but, but si- silence is the comment, right? It's not, <clears throat> booing is... Booing is... You should, that's for done something really wrong you've done something yes. offensive or hurtful or whatever to yes. get booed sometimes <laughs> a pocket of people will boo I think so what you said Holly was really interesting because of the uh, democratisation of being a critic but the point is the critic isn't usually supposed to be telling the artists it's supposed to be telling the public the, the, yeah, the critic right. is like right. a canary down the mine right. for an hour of the audience's time right Whereas what this is now is just going up to the... Well, <laughs> You're a... shit! Don't tell me! Tell people who might go and see me! Yes. Right. It, it's a little bit of a um, a reshuffling of status, I think. Yeah. You know, like, that's the ultimate democratization is it goes beyond just the ability to critique. It's you, the performer, and I, the audience member, at the same level because I can talk directly to you and tell you exactly what I think. It's a sense of yeah. power that hasn't existed previously. You know, I mean, in, in the live setting, it does, just like you were saying, you know, when you're mm-hmm. actually there in the middle of the performance, but now it can be preserved for all time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And actually, for, for stand-up comedy, there's nothing worse. There's nothing more erotic, you know. 
that erodes it more than the the, the audience thinking that they're exactly on the same level as you that they can get you know like if somebody yeah. before the show gets up and stands on the stage and stands at the microphone they pretty much should be thrown out or have a severe word said to them because that demeans the status of the show so much that people already stop respecting mm-hmm. apps that they haven't even seen yet. Uh, yeah, I hate it when that, I've seen... It ended up being a nice gig, but that happened recently in a show I was doing where before the gig a couple were on the stage like taking selfies of themselves next to the mic. Right. And there, there was no one there to stop them. But yeah, it does. It, it sort of... Uh, and comedy is that strange art form as well where the whole... Because the whole purpose of it is sort of to make something very unnatural seem very natural and spontaneous and effortless, it does give people the impression that they can do it when they can't. Yeah. We've done that to ourselves, haven't we? Yeah. I've always thought in a way it'd be better if comedians went on with bits of paper and read out like poets so that everyone knew <laughs> that this is a pre-written thing that we've yeah. worked on and done rather than, no one, know... no one sees an acrobat. Oh, yeah, like a trapeze artist. And is he making go, it up? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I could do that, but you know, I don't. I don't. I don't like public trapezing. <laughs> but but I could. You know, yeah. I I did. You know, I did. I did a fairly funny trapeze at a wedding. Once, so. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I've met a lot of punters, and I reckon some of them do think that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there will be plenty of people out there. Going, I could do trapeze. I could do. <laughs> I could do it. Well, so so the comments under this thread, the the comments that Greg got from his tweet, were. It was a lot of people sort of arguing with him, right? If I remember rightly from seeing it, like where a lot of people sort of argued. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In that case, get off Twitter or grow a pair. There was a lot of like grow a pair. Yeah. Um, there's ones like uh, this one. If um, uh, if I don't like the food in the restaurant, I can complain to the chef, and that's like yeah. you're really not getting it. Because if, if, if there's something wrong with the food, you get ill or it's a really bad taste, you might ask to complain to the chef. You know? yeah, but, but if it's not to your taste. Yeah, that that doesn't want to complain to the chef. Like the hair in it, or it's cold. Those are the things mm-hmm. you complain about. If but you, you wouldn't just go, stand well, up. Well, I guess I've tried so black pudding. If it's Nick not for throws me. up on you in the middle of his set, mm. you are right to complain. Absolutely. Yeah, you wouldn't stand up in the middle of the restaurant and shout towards the kitchen at the chef, which is more like <laughs> what, what an atting is doing, isn't it? It's telling the whole restaurant. It's well, not in fact, you chef. don't complain directly to the chef. You complain to the. You, you tell the waiter. Actually, actually, I really did. That was way too salty, isn't it? Like that. And, and also, if you don't go into the. You don't confront the chef. And if there's if there's something fundamentally fixable, then you. Or, yeah, but also what you don't do, is sort of if you're in a restaurant and some people seem to be enjoying the meal, but you just it's not to your taste. You don't then march into the kitchen and go like. It's not for me, and I don't know what you're trying to do there, but it doesn't work. Like no one would do that. You yeah, would, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah, there yeah. are people who. I'm sure there are people that listen to this who have worked in kitchens and go like, "No, I absolutely saw that happen." But again, like you say, it would it yeah. would be a weird enough experience that that would be a story in itself. Go like you were a lunatic, and trying to rile up other guests as well, saying to people on other tables, "You didn't like your food either, did you?" Yeah, which is really what people do with a comedy. You didn't like. You didn't find it <laughs> funny. It's like, actually, we did. The other ones we get here is. Um, People replying. I got to say, looking down the thread, there's a lot of people who are on board with what Greg Jenner's saying, agreeing with him. But that there's repetitive strains of people saying, uh, "What if it's constructive criticism?" Which is like that's just not the point he's making. <laughs> yes, and and also, what constructive criticism do you think you can give? Yeah, who are you? Because that's the the other thing. Because <laughs> for most people, they're gonna be wrong. Yeah. Like most people don't know enough about whatever art form in question, in, in his case, writing for a 
comedic kid, factual kids TV yeah. show. Although he, he's like, not talking about it. the reason he said this wasn't about himself. Okay, it turns out, but a lot of people have assumed it was. Right, so, but Matt's point about most it, people have never like, done anything. They've never written a poem. They yeah. haven't or read it out in front of anyone. They're like, the, like I've done shows. I've taken shows up to Edinburgh that I've looked back on and go like, oh, that was I, that was not that was subpar. Or I wish I did this thing differently or whatever. And there were things that could have been done better. I can absolutely guarantee that ninety nine percent of audience members. 99% of the audience members who didn't enjoy it or enjoyed it less than they could have would not be able to tell me what should have been done differently in any kind of constructive, yep. manageable way. Because you just don't... You you don't know. You can you can tell me what things you liked, but also that would be like, well, that's not what I do. Like, oh, I like this comic. Well, that's a different kind of comedy to what I do. Yes. So I could do this type of comedy better, but I'm not going to be that comic. Yeah. Uh, you could... Once every now and then, from a professional critic, I'll read a, th- a comment and go, "Oh, actually, he's spotted something that I haven't noticed." You know, that, and, I, and I make a change. I, I will. Yes. Sometimes it's constructive, but it's really rare, even amongst professional critics. But also, you, but you critics, are reading it of your own really free will. You're reading of your own free will. No, no, I, I agree. It to you. But still, on the subject of whether criticism is actually worth it, anyways, actually, it rarely is. The person is is, and also, I find people are very bad at expressing. They, they, all they know is they didn't enjoy it, or they did. Yes, they're not. And also, whether they enjoyed it or not is also. Particularly, comedy is so dependent on the way you currently feel. Yeah. Like it, you know, uh, which again goes, I think, it connected to the way reason why it makes people so angry when it doesn't work. I think two people, one who you're predisposed to like and one who you're predisposed to not like, telling the same joke with the same intonation, <laughs> one would make you laugh and one yeah, would yeah, make yeah. you laugh because yeah. you've already bought in, which is what we've all experienced. We've all experienced doing gigs with the same material that we did the last four nights and suddenly it just doesn't work and nothing's really changing about your performance it just that the audience hasn't bought in in the first two minutes and then the gig starts to slip away or the opposite where the audience really buys in and then jokes suddenly hit twice as hard and you're like well this isn't this good but yeah, 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 yeah. And in yeah. both cases, it's You never told the... me that they're wrong, though, do you? No. <laughs> but it... I'm not this funny. Stop it. In both cases, it has. it's that they have... They have decided to feel about you in a certain way. And that can absolutely happen with a critic as well. They decide to buy into you because they're in a good mood or you connect with them quickly or whatever or they previously liked you because of stuff you'd already done. Um, and it makes a huge difference. Did I ever turn... I'd probably have done this on the, on the podcast before, but I went on stage once in Liverpool and a woman who clearly had seen me before was on the front row of the table. As I walked on, just went audibly... Oh no! <laughs> and, then, and then I and it, it was it was a gig that could sometimes be very difficult, and I knew I had had bad gigs there before. I had I had a killer of a gig that time, and her face, she was I'm just killing it the whole room, and she's just looking at them all like they're mad. <laughs> but I've seen him before, and he's awful. <laughs> right, and it's just, just watching one person who's maybe been to comedy like half a dozen times gradually understand that yes. the same person can go badly and well. Is it, did she come around by the end, or was she... Yeah, but it was it was really funny watching her, and she was with, clearly, a close friend or a family member or something. Just yes. She just thought like it was a trick being played on her at first. <laughs> She'd probably been promising her friend how awful you were going to be as well. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't until, like, it was just she recognised me. Oh, really? Okay. It was, so... I, it would have been a horrific thing to my feelings had it not also been so funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just to walk up and just say, oh, like, not him. <laughs> but you know what? We also realise that most complaints we get when people explain what they're angry about, we realise they didn't follow the joke or they didn't understand it in mm. the first place. They heard a, a key word. Yeah. And the other one that you get a lot is where someone complains about something offensive that you did and you know the act before them, they, they were laughing, they liked the act before. 
they were laughing at baby murder and AIDS and rape and everything else when that person was saying it and now they're offended by you and you kind of something you have to resist going through the set of the person they were laughing at going you just laughed at this that 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 yeah. that that which is all more extreme than anything I said well what what it then yeah what it is is you just decided at some point not to like me and therefore everything I said was filtered through this completely yeah. different lens compared to how this first person was filtered yes is it yeah. a halo effect is it that is that what I don't know but it's uh, but then it it does come down to, I, I think also because comedy, because comedy is the thing that we use in society to befriend or diffuse tension or break the ice or that kind of thing. It is a sort of comedy is a social lubricant. It's a social easing thing, mm-hmm. which means that mm-hmm. when it misfires. It sort of has the rebound. It has the opposite effect. It's yes. sort of if it doesn't work, <laughs> it ends up making people dislike you more. Like, yes, it's a risk. That's why it scares people to do it. Yeah, it is a big risk. And even laughing is not just telling jokes. When you watch couples, especially when they're on a, like first dates and that, not, not even actually couples have been going out for years, and you often see them looking at each other first before they laugh. Yeah, yeah. You know that yeah. checking with them because you're, actually it's quite exposing. Isn't it? going, you're oh, right. I found some people laugh without a thought. They're just. I love that as well when you see the belly laugh person. And it's great to have a couple of those in an audience who... A couple of people in audiences who laugh very unselfconsciously because that does... Because laughter is incredibly contagious. But you're right, because it's quite a vulnerable thing to suddenly laugh at something and then have other people around you not laugh. Mm -hmm. You suddenly feel very exposed. So to have a few people in an audience who unselfconsciously laugh, it kind of... it gets the entire room going. Yeah, yeah. But again, that unless comes the other people don't, don't like that buy person, in, and then it gradually becomes more and more alienating. And then, have you ever had had a tough gig with one person who laughs very, very easily and unselfconsciously? Because after a while, you just go, "Please fucking stop!" <laughs> yeah, like please, yes, yes. please don't laugh until they or, do. or a group because <laughs> you're just alienating. It's like you and me, and they hate you now. You can have an audience of middle-aged people, and there's one group over here, one table of young people, like students, oh, and they're yeah. finding it hilarious. And now the older people think that this is for the teenagers. Do you know, they're like, "Oh, it's a student, student right. act," or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's obviously not for us. It's all, there's loads of these tiny Holly, I wanted to ask dynamics. Ashley, because you, you represent yes. people in the company, do you ever have to field criticisms? I was actually just thinking and... about, um, we got a letter at the agency that was a, it was a complaint uh, about one of our clients. Um, she, uh, she has a joke, and I wasn't there, I actually, I don't think she's doing this material anymore, but the punchline is essentially... If you have a peanut allergy, just go and Thelma and Louise yourself now. Right. And, uh, it, it, kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and this couple, this couple, um, had gone out to see some comedy and it was their first night out, uh, in months. Oh God. After being home with a very ill child. And it turns out their child is deathly allergic to peanuts. Right. And that... And had gone off a cliff in a car. (laughs) (laughs) After a series of robberies across... Yeah, yeah. And hates Thelma and Uh, Lee. That... And fucked Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very strange story. That one joke, never mind, you know, that she probably... I don't think she did a full hour. She probably did like a 15-minute set or something. But that one joke was enough to warrant that they write a letter to to track down which agency represented her... To write us a letter uh-huh. and tell us how 
horribly offended they were and how it ruined their entire evening. And, uh, you know, and the response internally is just like, okay, that, hey, okay. You know, <laughs> so do you like, did when you the, write back telling them to kill themselves? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, in a way though, like what that, I, I actually respect what that couple did because the alter because firstly, you know, they were offended. They were upset by that. And when they were, and they, I don't think you're like, oh, what, what do we do? What do we complain to? And they wrote to the agency of the act, mm-hmm. which of all the different ways, if you are going to do something, that is sort of the most, uh, I don't know. That's like writing the manager. Well, yeah, but but it's not writing. At Tesco's or It's something. not writing to the manager of the comedy club going, please don't book her again. Yeah. It's not writing. Well, it's although not blasting in, in on their social. head it might be. Maybe. Right. I, I, I do think sometimes when people write to, they write to a company, they're now thinking, but, yeah. well, I'm going to go above their head and have them fired. I think they're, I think they're, yes, they, they're, they're thinking they're like, quite... you should know that this person that you represent is doing this horrible thing out in the world. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's also, but you know, then also not like going to the local paper <laughs> or like blasting up, which has happened. I, also, I agree that, with you. To that that's extent. happened to friends yeah. of ours as well, where suddenly it's like social media, and they're like, "This disgusting!" Like, uh, oh, I've, uh, I've p- had it before. Picture of a kid with a drip in their nose and an inset picture of you yeah. with a mic laughing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that, they didn't do any of that. They didn't try to make it go viral or anything like that. Maybe it's because they didn't have the knowledge or the ability to do that. But they they didn't do any of that. They just sort of sent an email to the agency, and then you get to choose. Well, was it, was it a polite email? I didn't get it. I only heard about it from colleagues of mine, right. and then, uh, and then, so that the head of my department, she let the client know. She said, "We got this letter. Do you want it?" And she was like, "No." And she's like, "Okay, that was, that it. was it." Right. <laughs> yeah. See, most comedians already know they're being offensive. You know, that, that, I do find it weird every now and then a comedian does something on stage and you go, "Oh, you actually don't know by your use of that word, you don't know that's offending people." Right? You know, which I find odd that kind of like, and they, they sometimes. Well, need I telling, think but, I think if but I most think comedians if you're, know they're being offensive. You know which areas those are generally. Yeah. Usually, you know, like a nut allergy, probably a pretty safe area for most people. But there's also, yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely jokes. I'm sure that there'll be things that I'll, I'm doing now that I'll look back on, but there are definitely jokes from when I was newer. That I look back on now and go like, oh, you know what? You you didn't, you weren't aware of how much you were pushing that button. Mm. You know, there's that, that sort of thing. That I don't I don't think there are any topics that are off limits to comedy. I don't think there are any things that you can't joke about. But I think you do need an awareness of the harshness of an idea. And like, almost the harsher it is, the more skill and tact... And funniness it needs to be surrounded by to make to, you, to justify it. Can you name one? I can, I can, I can definitely name one that uh, all three of us. Uh, so only oh, really? Holly gets off of this one because <laughs> the three of us all wrote on the same show, uh, Bigopedia, mm-hmm. and um, David Tyler, the producer of that show, just vetoed. I'm pretty sure it was a line I wrote by <laughs> remembering it. Sounds like one of my. I like the fact you're blaming all of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it was. It was and Sarah Morgan, who's like, not like, here, so yeah. but it was really essentially unfair. saying, uh, "Look, you don't have kids, and if you've got kids, this is just to." And it was to do with. Um, just imagine we did a, a section of the show that is aimed at kids, supposedly. Just, just imagine you were put inside a bag by a stranger, and then, and then something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, I can't remember the. I can't even remember the context. So, but he went. I just think that's a bit much. It wasn't for kids to listen to, though. No, not really. Was it? No, no, no. He 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 was saying for a parent it was a bit much. I can't. I can't remember. Exactly I can. I can was. remember another uh, one from Bigopedia as well. 
Just it was, was the, something was really explained. Like it, it's gone dark. A bit I like if a stranger it. had put a bag over your head. That's <laughs> right. And there was like another that. one from Big and Pete. Do you remember we had the list of illegal wrestling moves? Oh yeah, the oh, half right. yeah, 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 yeah. That was exactly yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that was the one that didn't. Get and, and David again just went, and I, I think it was the right call from his point of view. Just from his part, he just went. It's not funny. In, it it's not funny enough and necessary enough a joke to justify the offence of it. Yeah. I, I, I that is a good call sometimes. Yeah, whether I, it is good enough or whether it's it's funny enough like or I strong enough. Yeah, and because yeah. I. If it's, because also the sort of the funny again and again it comes down to what we were talking about beforehand about the more you're liked the more they'll let you do and the more yes. they'll, they'll let you get away with, but it really does. It, it, and it, it seems weird to say this, but there is a the funnier a joke is, the more you can push certain subjects and the more offensive a subject can be because also the funnier something is, the more the audience realizes that you are joking. And yeah. therefore, you don't mean the intent behind it. Whereas the less funny it is, the more close to, oh, he's just making a statement about this. Which is why sometimes when a comic has their set reported by, you know, when there's an outrage about someone does oh, this yeah, routine yeah, yeah. or whatever, and then they write up what the routine is, and you just go, well, this absolutely reads offensively now because it's been filtered through someone who doesn't know how comedy is, works, report of this, minus yeah. the exact wording minus the performance the delivery the cheek that the I cheek use, the charm the yeah the wink it's just why yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah, why yeah. I absolutely stands, the... have, have no opinion on anything that Louis C.K. moment I've said during his recent thing because I haven't heard the bootleg of it yeah and it's not that the context isn't it being released and being played to someone you know whatever or you reading it yeah and what was I, again I haven't either so again I don't I don't want to comment no. on but it's uh, like I heard like a minute of it I didn't hear like the, the, they put someone bootleg the entire set uh, but that comes down to a couple of things firstly absolutely you don't know where you don't know what the context was secondly it may well be that he landed on the wrong side of it thirdly there is that thing of again exactly what we were talking about beforehand that now because you're predisposed not to like him and also because you because there's this baggage that underlies him as a person Everything he says is filtered through this different aspect. Also, so, like, allow the, the fact that he can't he can't just jump up and do a set anywhere he likes now. You know, he, when you're trying to build a new set, build your new hour, you want to do as many gigs as possible and try out material with, without too many people talking about it. But you can't do that now. He absolutely can't. You know, again, it, I don't think it's for me to say whether. You know, some people are saying, "Well, he shouldn't be allowed on stage ever again." I don't know where. I, no, I'm putting that aside and saying, still, if you're going to judge someone's new set. You yeah. got to judge them over whether they've been able to try it out on audiences or not. Well, stand, stand, I also don't think that there should exist an authority that decides whether someone's allowed on stage any mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah, Doug Stanhope's main point—he was tweeting a lot about it yesterday, the other day before—and his main point was, "I don't whatever you think about it, this is illegal bootlegging of yeah. an unprepared set mm. uh, of an un. This isn't his finished material. This is." a bootleg of work in progress sort but, of a, if you imagine it, it was someone sort of strumming not... a guitar trying to get a song right and they hadn't really mm-hmm. finished the lyrics yet it's, and I know that that's not how people think well, but that's the thing up. that's unique to stand up too is you you can't just like be in your room and work yeah. on it and then mm-hmm. present it when yeah. it's yeah. ready you, you can't, you, you can't, you can't ride the bike on your back street with no one watching you're you right. until yeah. you're really good at cycling it right. is the only art form I can think of that 
it almost entirely has to be developed in front of audiences. Yeah. Well, no, I do do that, Holly. I write a thing and I say it aloud and I run across the other side of the room and I laugh. Yeah. And I come back over he definitely, like, writes in the shower. We'll just say like, he yeah. was Matt. That yeah. was Matt. In case you can't see where Holly's pointing. Matt, <laughs> Matt writes in, in the shower. In case you're not aware of which of the three of us she's more likely to have seen in the shower. <laughs> does, he go into the, does he go into the shower with his phone? <laughs> yeah. No, I, but I, I, I also know. write in the shower all the time and I sometimes wonder why, like, okay. n- not in the bath. Yeah, it's a shower. I think there's a couple of things about a shower that are weirdly similar to being on stage. Well, you're standing up. Yep. <laughs> you, the shower head is a little bit like a microphone. It's it's white, there's it's white a, noise around yeah, it. And, yeah. there's, and there's also a thing coming down here that's like water, a spotlight water or a spotlight. Yeah, depending yeah, on there, it is. It is a weirdly good time. And there's no one else there. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's, similar. And the acoustics are good. Yeah. Acoustics are great in a shower. That's yeah. also why people Sound sing in the shower. It's right. big, because a mixture of the echoey acoustics and also the steam and everything is good for your lungs. So it just it, people sound great when they sing in the shower. Someone and the put, white noise as well helps mask. Yeah. We need to mix showers and stand-ups. Yeah. Yeah. More stand-up should be beat. held in showers. Com- <laughs> there's more, there's a lot of theme shows like comedy in the dark, comedy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Comedy in the shower. Comedy unprepared. Yeah, there should be more like a big shower show. But um, your uh, shower of shows, your show of showers. <laughs> uh, how do we get on the shower, shower talk? I now can't remember what. Oh, we've just been on a big loop uh, around. Uh, we've we've uh, got so far from Red Jenner now. You're a shower writer. Yeah. Yeah. You're a shower writer. Yeah. Uh, Which doesn't mean you write about showers. Oh, yeah, but preparing in front of an audience, that's right. You, right. Yeah, I can't think of any art form other than comedy where, you, you know, there are certain things like, presumably when you used to do magic, eventually you'd have to show the tricks to people and see if they work Oh, sure. People. And like with playing but, an instrument that messes it up, the first time you actually do it in front of an audience, no matter how yeah. well you've got to practice, you, you tend to... definitely feels different on a stage to how it does in your bedroom on the... But and, actually, and, I think... I this, think this, this is why so many comedians need people to look at them naked. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things like, that messes what? up new comedians is, is they do rehearse it expecting the they, they leave gaps for laughs and then yeah, and it completely throws... You can see it throw an act well, you can, you speak on you stage can and often, the laugh, You can yeah. often see it with someone who has uh, grown up on social media that they've they've started there like like doing skits and like whether they started off in Vine or doing like yeah. the, you know six or seconds Instagram or, or Instagram and then going into the world of stand up they it takes them a while to learn to listen because they've been working on a rhythm that is completely different from yes, yeah. from that That's and you you see that there is this this tremendous uh, growth curve that has to happen even if they can bring tons of people out they are, you know, it's it's like they they're at an open mic, but with an audience that's there to see them. Sure. Yeah. 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 And I, I think there's a lot of tricks you have to learn along the way there about yeah. how to deal with whatever the audience is doing. Yeah. But which may ch- not be obvious to the audience at all. How to have a plan B? How to change your rhythm depending on how they're acting? How to slow yourself down or go rather than speed up louder. as is the most natural thing to do when it's not that's getting a laugh. One, and... Yeah. People, I'm sure you've had a thousand times as we all have, like people asking you, oh, "How do you start comedy? Or got any advice? I'm a new comic." Yeah, or I'm thinking about doing comedy or whatever and the only things I really tell them is just like write loads gig loads but also however slowly you think you're talking go slower yeah mm. because yes. particularly when you're nervous and particularly mm-hmm. when particularly when you don't feel comfortable or when the gig's not going well slow down more you want to rush to get to that punchline that you think is going to solve it. Yeah. In actual fact, you kill the journey on the way to the punchline so the punchline yeah, can't exactly. work it's now. It's no longer a punchline. Yeah. yeah. It's just a line. Yeah. Well, uh, we should definitely ask you since both of you live in the States now. What, um, what's the stuff that's uh, I've talked about in the States? It feels like um, you are going through an interesting time as a country. I, I, also an incredibly divided... I mean, both, yeah, both, not, both countries are hugely divided in almost unprecedented Weirdly, ways. I've not been on the road very much since 
Trump started to be a thing because I've been writing on a show in LA, so I've just been like stuck in town. So I've not done like, you know, you. I think you get a much better perspective of what's going on when you are you know, middle of Idaho or whatever, and right. you're doing gigs and playing to a mixed audience. And same in Britain, I I felt that I did a when we were over at Christmas, I did a couple of gigs, like one at the King's Head and the one with you in um in Yorkshire, and the second one in Yorkshire, I was like, I've got some material about Brexit, and I. I ended up not doing it because you'd cover the topic quite a lot and I just didn't right. want to sort of be a second person covering the same stuff. But even if I but if I had in the back of my mind, I'd be like, oh, there's a... I definitely not playing to an audience that is anti-Brexit in its entirety. In fact, it might even be pro-Brexit in the majority. Yep. And, yeah. and I wouldn't shy away from doing that material, but I would definitely frame it differently. And I do that in America. If I'm talking about Trump and I... I I, I, I don't naturally assume anymore this is an entirely anti-Trump audience. In LA or New York, it's fairly safe too, but not always. Yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah. you don't have to go that far outside of LA, same, in, you know, same as in London, where the centre of London goes one way and then you don't have to travel very far outside of the city before you find right. the opposite kind of voter. Uh, but I, I think... I don't know how you feel as an audience member and slash industry person, Harley, but I, I think... Insider, as an insider, <laughs> they, I feel like the audience is quite trumped out, uh, and probably yeah. quite Brexited out in Britain. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, a a really interesting conversation with uh, um, uh, somebody who worked at at Funny or Die. She's since gone to work somewhere else, but um, she was in charge of producing the sort of uh, daily and weekly digital stuff for Funny or Die. And what they were finding, because they're able to turn stuff pretty quickly, but they would land on something, because Trump would do something crazy. Right. They would land on something. They have in-house people who would write something. Um, and by the time they would shoot it and post it, something even crazier would have happened. Right. And mm-hmm. so they were realizing that audiences had Trump fatigue, and they themselves had yeah. Trump fatigue. And I know, like, you guys are dealing with this on the yeah. show that you write on. Because... Yeah, cause, absolutely, because it's a top... I write on the Jim Jeffrey show, and yeah. it's it's nominally topical, but it's a weekly show. So it's not like... Right. It's yeah. not like The Daily Show, where they are writing and rewriting the show an hour or two before recording. Like, we start the writing process on Wednesday morning, and we tape on Tuesday afternoon. And so... Yeah, well, sometimes we'll do something a bit Trumpy, but that often that story can completely change. You know, the script will be sure. That's a long time. He's self parodying literally every like the in the last two days, he had a poster printed with Game of Thrones font. He had it sitting in front of him in a televised cabinet meeting, and it said "sanctions are coming" with his picture on it. How do you hmm. how do you make a joke about that? I mean, you can, but also it just every uh-huh. the internet has. Well, that's the other thing. The internet is making the obvious joke as well. So you either you have to do something more sophisticated yeah. or just avoid the topic. Yeah. Right. I think it's, my favorite my favorite Trump joke is the John Mulaney one about how he's like a horse, horse in a hospital. hospital. Brilliant. But yeah. It, but that's a lovely thing. Well, that that's a lovely thing. That's also just a level. But it's a level... F- he, he's gone far deeper than most people. That's, That's what I was going to say. That good. I don't think the audience tire of, of a good original angle. A good original... I think right. they, they, they yeah. tire of 
hearing just another opinion that's thinly yeah. guys with a few gags added to it. But. Yeah. But like, we, and it nails Trump. That, that, if, you, if I recommend seeing, it's what's he called, Kid Gorgeous at Radio City. Mm-hmm. Um, is it in that one or the John, other? John I Mulaney. think it is it's the, latest, it's the latest one. And he has but, a whole routine that is about Trump without, he barely mentions Trump by name. He may not mention him by name and, at and all. And it's also a bit that isn't necessarily, right. like you could watch that as a Trump supporter and still find it funny as well. But yeah. It's, yeah. it's fairly... Yeah. It's not like Trump. It like it very neatly sums up the situation. Yeah, yeah. It's entirely about, uh, yeah, the the situation rather than any one specific yeah. thing. And, and it's I not think, from a political angle. It's from a. <laughs> and I think I think you can do these sort of deeper dive. I like we we there was one bit that I I pitched for Jim that I was quite pleased. With. And actually, we didn't do it on our show. We did it Jim just before we launched our show. He did like a guest. Uh, contribute a piece on the Daily Show where he was uh, sat down with Trevor Noah on the desk and and basically did stand up at him and that but that was a bit we wrote for him but mm. the the angle on that it was talking about all of Trump's cabinet uh, and this was pretty early on as well and, and it, the angle was just like why do we know who all these people are like who was who was George Bush's health secretary who was Obama's education secretary do you have any idea of that like we shouldn't know who all these people are you only know who they are because something's going horribly wrong <laughs> like it's like the body you don't know what an interior cruciate ligament is until you snap it <laughs> but but that you know I, you can do those longer form pieces but those sort of quick reaction here's something dumb he said and here's a punchline on it we can't do that on our show and funny or die can't do that either because that extra length of turnaround time means that the whole thing has been milked already yeah, by sure. a thousand Twitter jokes. Sure. And it's already halfway to funny in itself as well. That's when people kind of go, oh, Trump's got to be great for comedy. No, same as Bush. He was gr- he's great for easy comedy. He's actually there quite bad. There was a lot of people just reciting Bushisms, wasn't there, for yeah. a while ago? He's quite yeah. bad for good read. For, this is stupid. the man who said, and then quotes Bush in what was probably something Bush knew was funny. Yeah. yeah. And you just go... Actually, Obama was good for professional comedy because Obama was really hard to do jokes about, so it filtered out everything but the professionals. That's how Jon Stewart still managed to get eight years of jokes out of him, but you didn't get those sort of coffee table, those toilet reader books that are sold next to the board at the the tin at the till of the bookshop. Yeah, they're just. A thousand hilarious Obama quotes. Obamaism was made into haiku. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't get those because he wasn't naturally a clown yeah, yeah. so it's actually well, really hard to, well, it's hard to make fun of eloquence himself yeah. too like he was yes self-effacing yeah. and... he still is by the yeah. way he's not dead yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, at time well, of recording he was <laughs> uh, weirdly I, I wrote, wrote on the news quiz for Radio 4 this week and there were two stories one of which seemed risky in this sense mm-hmm. which was a, a, a story about the Duke of Edinburgh who has successfully grown some truffles after 12 years of trying and so when he started trying he was 85 <laughs> <laughs> he's 97 now and just sorry to say there's a little bit of Oh, if he dies. But he's 97. He's just like, but he probably won't. It'll be fine. I'll go yes. Out. And then there was another story about <laughs> how the, um, there was um, a satellite that had done a flyby of the furthest object ever in the solar system. We oh, thought yeah. that was safe. 
And then the next day we came in and China had landed on the far side of the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Ruining the space story. I wonder whether they intentionally timed that landing knowing... Because they've known known month in advance. You know, it's, it's space travel. So you... You've known months in advance exactly when the flyby is going to happen. I wonder if China. No, 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 they don't. Uh, Hold on, what no do you one mean? knows who the next person, the next desk is doing. So we're going to land on. I get out of Do you mean they were trying to thwart that the story? That doesn't work in American, were... does it? It doesn't. Because that joke's called telephone. telephone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not Chinese whispers. Okay. <laughs> also, what we what Brits call Chinese burns, America's called Indian burns. Still racist, just different country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. For some reason, Britain had very specific uh, ideas about the Chinese around the same. And how to burn them. Yeah. And hokey cokey is sometimes hokey tokey and sometimes hokey pokey. Hokey pokey America. Hokey tokey, I think someone told me in, in New Zealand or somewhere. Ah, Otherwise, mm-hmm. hokey pokey. It's already a suggestive song without having to make it pokey. <laughs> make it really obvious. <laughs> Do the hokey pokey. That's what's going on no, anyway. So they're really... just training you to put bits of you in and out. Eventually, <laughs> eventually it's going to go wrong. But it, it, it is, like, we're definitely on the show, on Jim's show, we're definitely going for, like, bigger swings and bigger picture things and less, tr- certainly less Trumpy and to an extent less topical. Because I, I think now the more interesting stuff to talk about is the bigger picture stuff and, and like, the reason why the country's so divided and the stuff that's underneath it all. Yeah. And the method by which the country ends up being divided and the mechanisms yeah, rather than sure. just, like, he said this and then she said that and then, like... He slammed. He he slammed him or whatever. Or like she yes, na- yeah, yeah, fighting talk. This sort of all that, but yeah, that sort of Buzzfeeders isms of like you know nailed or destroys well, I mean, tribal stuff. I mean, you know, we call this we call this podcast citizens of nowhere, but that it seems like you can, you can you can talk to almost anybody about how divided the country is. It's just, when it gets onto sides, people just suddenly aren't hearing. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that's very, very true. Uh, there's, there seems to be a tendency now to, if somebody's on the opposite side of something, it's not you. You don't judge their politics. You judge their entire character. Mm-hmm. You, oh, yeah, you, yeah. you make a, you make a decision about their intelligence, their values, their uh, basically everything about them, despite the fact that that is probably a person that. Uh, has the same worries that you have, generally speaking, um, which, you know, food, shelter, taking care of their kids, if they have kids, mm-hmm. all of those things are, are, are probably 75, 80, 90% of our concerns are all the same, but there's this, this approach that we take to the world that's different, and so we've decided that yeah. that person is not worth our time. Which, again, comes down to sort of the fact, I think, again, because we're on social media... And we're on the other side of a computer screen, and you're not looking them in the eye, and you're not empathizing with that person, uh, which again comes down to what we were talking about at the beginning with the tweets. Yeah. You you do it's so much easier to just go fuck that guy over there. It's also we just can't right. see the person because you know, like if a teenager's talking to someone old twenty years older, they often feel a bit shy, a bit embarrassed. They recognise that person's got more experience, but on the internet, we don't see their ages come up and so on. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly arguing with children or, or uh, you know, or bots, or, huh? Or bots, yeah, 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 or bots yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like or people Russians who, who are paid to wind up conversations on both sides. The Lithuanian mm-hmm. kid who just doesn't care, just thinks it's funny. Yes, mm-hmm. people you talk to for two minutes in real life and say, "I don't like you," and just walk away. You, you, you in your head, you just think, "I don't like, I don't or, agree or, with you." So, or you internet, just go like, you, you "Oh, I get where you're," or, or you just go, "I get where you're coming from," and I disagree with your perspective. 
you know, you have someone after a gig yes. who come up and criticize you or go like, oh, 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 that, you know, or like they, they say something that's a sort of not backhanded compliment or backhanded insult. And you just go, uh, oh, I, I know what person you are from how you, from how you carry yourself. And yes. you're not someone whose values I agree with. And therefore I don't, I'm not taking your criticism into account because I just go, oh, you, we just, you like different stuff to me. And this is why I'm not entertaining you, and therefore I don't care. Whereas yeah. on the other side of that computer screen, when you just see that app mention, you have, they have more credibility. Yes, by being that. Even know, though by it's being the most anonymous. Terry, the Terry and I were talking earlier about this thing with the Greg Jenner tweet, and we realised that even in real life, even a compliment is not that easy to give well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like especially to a comic in particular, if you, if you saw someone do a really great set or whatever. Just say, oh, that was great, man. I really enjoyed that. that that's that's, that's we lovely. We love that. Shake our hand, say that was great. Say, that's I enjoyed great. it. That's lovely. And the moment it becomes in any way detailed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I particularly but like how you showed those Native Americans. No, that wasn't the joke. <laughs> that wasn't what I was saying. What or are you they, talking about? Or they give you those compliments that actually ends up complimenting themselves and insulting you. And they just go things like, um, you know, I think... I think you were a bit too smart for a lot of the audience, but uh, I really liked where you're coming <laughs> from. Yeah. Like, I got it. Wow. So you just said, I didn't do well, and you're clever. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite interesting. There's another one that um, several people wrote in the, uh, on the thread after Greg Jenner's tweet, which was, grow a pair. <laughs> grow a pair. Like, you obviously can't take criticism. But most people are terrible at taking criticism. Yeah. Most, most people... of the people writing grow a pair couldn't... Most people don't get criticised because they don't do things that are public facing in the same way. Mm. But absolutely, no one likes being told off at work if you like by your boss if you do even if you fuck up even if you actually fuck up and your boss whose job it is to keep you in line says hey you need to do this better or you made a mistake there that feels horrible. Most people feel. Most people don't go. Ah, fucking idiot! You know, yeah. even even if they. How do you feel if a load of people stood around their desk and started booing? Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, or, or just sort of went like, it just put, or just put something on the notice board in the office. Just went like, uh, I wish David Jackson did better at his job. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone goes, here's the reports of him. Taxi, yeah. <laughs> taxi for the report keeper. The following people are doing worse at their job today. Like, you know, most people find that horrible, even if it was true. And often you go, that's not true. Like it, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't feel nice. Well, and the other thing, even the people who think I, I just speak as I find, I just speak my mind. Well, don't, because your mind's not a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but also, they, they don't see themselves. We've, we've established already that they're, they're quite often saying the same thing someone above them in the thread has said. So yeah. they're, not, they're not perceiving themselves as part of the mob that yeah. they actually are. Yes. You know, they, they, they're just like. I think you are bad. I think the thing you made is bad, and I'm rudely going to tell you because they haven't perceived that they're they're lining up to tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not nicer, is it? If someone's bought some new clothes, you say something nice to them. You don't say. Yeah. If, if they're a good friend of yours, it really doesn't suit them. You might take them to one side. You wouldn't say in the middle of a party. By the way, Holly, you look ridiculous in that dress. <laughs> yes. You wouldn't do that. Or does anyone you... think Holly's dress doesn't fit her well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like is, like, what are you saying? Oh, do you not like constructive? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Holly. Do you not like constructive criticism? <laughs> Grow some Grow balls. Pair. Grow a pair. <laughs> if you, also, yeah, if you, then it might fit you. <laughs> if we assume people are able to grow a pair, when well, I grow several, why were you told yeah. to grow one pair? Yeah. Grow a load. Power to grow any. I wouldn't be writing horror mysteries. <laughs> I'd be growing balls, <laughs> and supplying them to. The Albanians. Anyone, anyone, <laughs> it's it's always the Albanians. Right now. <laughs> anyone who needs them, why stop with the Albanians? 
I got them on the back of my stuff. It's weird. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I think we've, we've, uh, that's a bit of a wrap, isn't it? No, oh, Matt, maybe it's wanna, not. Matt, do you want to do a rap? It's <laughs> 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 set your own rap here. <laughs> I'm saying that because I've actually got to rush off to a gig now. Okay. So we're we, we running a bit late. and um, But um, it's, it's been lovely, hasn't it? It's been really <laughs> absolutely lovely. Uh, Matt Kirshen, Holly Gabrielson, thank you very thank much. You very for much. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks. Thank you very oh, much. Can I plug Probably Science to your listeners? Uh, no. Yes. No, if no you've no got plugging. your own podcast, one <laughs> Yes, please Just plug please away. Please listen to Probably Science. That's my podcast. Do it's it's a fantastic podcast. It's one of my favourites. How many? How often do you record them? Weekly ish. <laughs> no, no, no. How you... often? Not how. Sorry, <laughs> I've just been rude. <laughs> 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 that, that fell flat. <laughs> I, that felt felt baffling. Um, you've lost me completely. <laughs> how do you how do you record them? Weekly. This, this was all going so well. And if you agree with the other three people on this podcast that that was a shit and terrible joke that didn't work, please at me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone think at Nick Doody should, should have edited that joke out at the end? Of <laughs> we don't edit. There's no there's no escape with no, anything we say or do on this. Um Thank you very much, guys, um, from myself and Nick Doody as well. Um, see you all next Cheers. time. Cheers, time. Bye. 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 Bye.